0: What happens when a Catholic deacon matches wits with a Catholic radio show host? You get a marriage made in heaven. They may not always agree, but they're always faithful. It's the Akins with their View from the Pew on Modern Day Radio.
1: And welcome to this episode of View from the Pew. I'm your host, Brenda Aiken, and joining me today is the man who's always the last one to leave church the good deacon, Scott Aiken.
2: Yeah, I think I again did it this weekend. So, I, you know, I I love just that that aspect of my life. I, you know, when I was a kid, my my folks were the last ones to leave. So, it's been a just a constancy in my life. And and uh, you know, I, I think it it just really there are people that really wait to talk, and I just really want to give them my time at after mass. And so, yeah, oftentimes we drive separately, don't we? So that you can get out of there with. The, with the, our young adult children and not have to wait there till dad gets done talking.
1: <laughs> that was something I think that we learned pretty early on after you were ordained that, yes, on Sundays, your work was at church. And so we had mm-hmm. to make those accommodations and it was a little bit frustrating at first once we realized how this was happening and how we were constantly waiting, especially, I mean, you've been a deacon for 17 years. So the kids were little if to make them wait, even five minutes was a challenge. And then there's four of them. And when I resigned the fact that you needed to be at church and all I had to do was drive separately, which actually worked out in two ways. One, it gave me a little bit more time in the morning to get everybody ready because you always had to be at church early. And then we could get home. I could start breakfast while you were finishing up at work. And then once you got home, you were all ours. And so it's we're growing into those types of changes. And again, once I accepted this is how it was going to be, ran beautifully and smoothly
2: two two things that that come to mind one is is adaptation and one is acceptance you said uses the nail on the head in our in our faith journey we 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 have learned that there is clearly as parents need to be adaptable and that's not an easy thing and there are some spouses who have gifts of that than others and the the mutualism between that brings about some some needed uh, accommodation for the all that goes on in our lives Um, But also the acceptance that this is just something that is. And when you accept something, my gosh, the peace that comes with it.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And once again, we were waiting, though, this weekend. Such a wonderful time for us in our house because we had our goddaughter, her husband, our daughter and son-in-law from eastern Washington. All of them. Descended upon the home. Of course, everybody wanted to meet this new little grandbaby. And it was wonderful to have her to focus on. But still, to see in the different parts of the house where there will be sometimes just the men congregating or we would be a couple of us sitting over in a different room eating in the kitchen and then a couple more would join in. And it just seemed to be that wherever a couple of people got together before we knew it, Everybody wanted to be together in that same room. And we just said, of course, we feel blessed. And when I looked at our family, I remember saying to you over the weekend, Scott, we have done nothing in our lives to deserve this kind of joy, to have our children with us, to have our goddaughter and and her husband with us to celebrate this new little baby. And yet God blesses us that way. I'm so thankful for it every day.
2: And to play on the theme of adaptability, I mean, I was ready to sell this house. I was ready <laughs> to right. downsize, get something I small. I think we talked about I, that it's before. The, it's the one. It's the one thing that I enjoy. Actually, I, it's ironic when I go to a hotel room and I'm within a 600 to 800 square foot room. I'm thinking I could live in this room, but that's me. That's not our burgeoning family that's now taking on a whole new level. So this weekend just reemphasized to me that you're right, as always. That we should hang on to the house for a little bit longer. Let's get the family up and run into this next level. And then we'll see what might be in store for us with the Lord. Someday I'm going to have the house of Loretto, uh, our mother's house.
1: Uh, I'll I, tell and, you what. Yeah, I can't
2: wait. We're going to go visit her. But that's that's what I think. I want the house of Loretto that just appears somewhere in a field. Bing. And then here we are with my My dream little house.
1: Okay, well, I'll give you a little cot in the shed in the backyard, and it'll feel like you're in the little house of Laredo. (laughs) So much joy, though, over the weekend, and we got to gather for prayer Today on the show, we've got a very special guest, Julie Durko. She is the host of Your Next Mission from God. Now, recently, we just celebrated the Feast of St. Monica. It landed on a Sunday this year, so it might not have been noticed on the liturgical calendar. That is a mother who prayed, and she prayed a lot. Her son gave her a very, very hard time, and her prayers were heard and answered.
2: Yes, and so we want to talk about that a little bit just in our own lives and recognizing how many mothers particularly have called upon her and have received tremendous blessing from her intercession.
1: So we got a great show ahead for you on this week's View from the Pew. Stay with us. My
0: mama said you can come now. No, you'll just have to wait. She said I'm gonna come easy. But it's a game I'm going take you care. Just
3: trust in Here's my challenge for you today Make the people around you know you're grateful for them Make them feel loved, valued, appreciated And the power to be a blessing like that, it starts with prayer The other day I woke up stressed, tired, distracted by work I wasn't queued up to be a blessing, but a drain on the people around me So I stopped, and I spent a few minutes in prayer Just thanking God for each member of my family by name And it instantly reoriented me it's just so easy to go through the day treating people like you're taking them for granted when you are. Get intentional about treating your greatest gifts from God, those people around you, every day, like they're gifts. When we're intentional about that, it creates an atmosphere where people feel safe and loved, and where the family starts to feel a little like heaven on earth. As the ancient chant says, Ubi caritas et amor Deus ibiest. Where charity and love are, God is there. For more from my book, I Am, visit rewriteyourname.com. I'm Chris Stefanik from Real Life Catholic. Join Maturday Radio and Sister Anne Marie Warren in a prayer for vocations.
4: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Holy Spirit, Spirit of wisdom and divine love, impart your knowledge, understanding, and counsel to youth that they may know the vocation wherein they can best serve God. Give them courage and strength to follow God's holy will, guide their uncertain steps, strengthen their resolutions, shield their chastity, fashion their minds, conquer their hearts, and lead them to the vineyards where they will labor in God's holy service. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For
3: more prayer resources and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit maturdayradio.com. A great way to support Matur Radio is through our Leadership Circle. These are businesses and organizations whose names you hear on the air every day. They believe in our mission of providing the region with positive Catholic radio programs of faith and hope. Simply put, our Leadership Circle members keep our broadcast strong through their financial generosity. If you run a business or organization, please join us. We need you. Information on our leadership circle at materdayradio.com.
0: Family life can be hectic, but God can be found right in the middle of it. So take a moment for this week's View from the Pew.
1: While sometimes when there are big troubles, it doesn't seem like enough. Our first inclination is to run to prayer. That is what Catholics are asked to do. And mothers for their children, we are often praying for many things, for many saints in history who also prayed for their children. Joining me today to tell us more about it is our good friend, Julie Anderko. Her show is Your Next Mission from God that you hear right here at Mater Dei Radio. And she's joining me this morning to talk about the value and the importance of intercessory prayer. Good morning, Julie. Thank you so much for joining us today.
4: Good morning, Brenda. It's my pleasure to be here.
1: Prayer is a big arrow in our quiver. I mean, we have to turn to that constantly, even when it feels like it's not enough. Prayer, though, going to our Lord with our intentions, that's everything. That's the first step in any endeavor.
4: It sure is, especially when we're praying for Family members are people that we deeply love and we care about them. We have a heart that prays and uh, uh, mother's hearts, uh, parents' hearts. When you have the heart for prayer and it's felt, you know that our Lord, Mother Mary and the saints, they hear us and they act on our prayers.
1: Julian Durko joining us today to talk about the importance of intercessory prayer. And if you were to Take on a special prayer intention. You would not be alone. Many saints had very long lists of prayers too. Julie, we were talking today as we were preparing for this. Your grandmother, I was sharing you the exciting news of my own step into grandmotherhood. It feels like the list of mothers and grandmothers. It's a long list because there's so many things that children go through in raising them, their young adult years, maybe rebellious years. There's a lot to pray for. And again, mothers, you're not alone in praying for your children. And sometimes the kids make wrong decisions and we've got to help get them back on track. And again, there are saints that went through very difficult things with their own children. Tell us more.
4: Well, when you when you bring it up that way, I think of St. Monica uh, and, and two in praying, Monica was most concerned about her son's salvation as parents that's what we should most be concerned with okay and we can pray for a lot of temporal things yeah we need temporal things we need a job or things like that but really when it comes down to it this is a a a short time on the earth ultimately an eternity is most important you know like before we get into saint monica i'll just I'll just um mention Zaylee, you know, she had four children that she buried and people would would say things like, "Oh, you shouldn't have had those children. It was too painful." But her response was so insightful. She would say, "I can't stand that talk because it's better that they're with me forever. They exist forever. I would go through any pain to have them forever. And so it is that way with our children, not to lose sight because our world is so cluttered with this and that and everything else that we're supposed to have. And which happened to Monica. Her son got distracted by the, the cares of the world. And he, Augustine, he was not just, we always hear about him with his sexual sin and he just couldn't break away from it. You know, Lord, give me chastity, but not yet and all that kind of business. Mm-hmm. But the truth is he was really rotten. He mistreated his mother. He was very cruel to her. And that is that is what Christian love is. You pray even though someone is cruel to you. You pray anyway because a mother's love or a Christian's love When you have the heart of Christ, you can't help but love, right? It grows in us. And she was very, very persistent. She cared about his soul. I mean, I don't know about you, but I didn't give birth to any children to see them lost. I I didn't, you know, and that's the conversation that I've always had with the Lord. Like, I did not have these children to lose them. (laughs) You know, it's the truth. And so she didn't either. And she prayed for uh, many, many years. But some of the things that he did that might make someone might make somebody give up is not only the length of time but how far gone he was and how cruel he was and so for instance uh he goes off to school when he's a young man he comes back he's a manichaeism thing he's left the faith he brings home a a live-in girlfriend and an illegitimate grandson and he and she brings him into the house she's still got children his siblings are younger he's got a brother and sister and she has to kick him out because he's contaminating her children left to raise Mm -hmm. so she took this job like you can't do that then she has this dream that she's very much a part of his conversion she doesn't know what it means and so she brings him back in but I have a feeling with some with some boundaries. Like you can't talk to your brother and sister about the faith and take it away from them if you and your girlfriend and and, and your son want to come and live with, anyway, it's a story. But so she, this dysfunction, we all go through it. We, it's it's our society and it's been with human history forever. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he decides it's not good enough living in Thagast. He's got to go to Rome and he wants to go there. So they got to get on a ship. They go to a port city. She convinces him to take her, or she thinks he does. But he leaves her at a a chapel, a chapel of St. Cyprian. And he says, you know what, Mom? When the wind is right, we're going to sail. I'll come back and get you in the morning, and then we'll sail, all of us. And so she's happy to be there in the the chapel because he knows she's religious. She's going to want to pray. He's going to want to go rebel rouse and not have her around, probably. But anyway, no, he sails in the night. And okay. she's there in the morning, and he's he's gone. She's alone in a port city. Hmm. I mean, it takes her a while to get her wits about her, you know. And so she finally gets on a boat. She's gonna go follow after him. And you have to get a merchant boat because you know there weren't passengers, and it's not easy. So she gets and she gets on a ship to go to sail. And there's a horrible storm. And what I think is beautiful about this, it shows when you're a person of prayer is that she's a woman alone she's on this merchant ship it looks like it's gonna sink she knows it's not because she knows she's got her mission she knows she's gonna make it and the faith the crew come to her this middle-aged woman all alone we're coming to you because when the chips are down you go to the person you know praise that's it they and so anyway they make it. She gets there. He's already gone. So she's got to go after him in Milan. Anyway, it's a it's a story, you know. Wow. But it takes it takes 17 years for Augustine to finally have his his conversion. And she's so persistent. So she knows that Bishop Ambrose in Milan could go toe to toe with him. Like there's nobody who's smart enough to handle him and debate him and win and win over his heart. But He's got other things he's going on you know he's got persecution actually he's dealing with from the local government and she gets involved with that and it's a big so she's just after this bishop so finally he's like i'm done with you we hear this really lovely saying you know the son with the mother of such tears you know he's her prayers are gonna be answered i'm, I'm paraphrasing i don't remember how it goes it's not quite like that he sends her away and tells her your son's going to be saved because of your tears, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and so she's kind of harshly reprimanded, but she's so overjoyed because now the Bishop has told her her son will be saved. So now she grabs onto that. And anyway, he does come around the, and she lives to see it, which is sometimes we don't live to see it. Sometimes we're going to go on, uh, you know, and, and we're going to be praying from, from purgatory or heaven for our, for our loved ones. Um, we don't always get to see it, but she did. And and when you read his confessions, his heart is different. He's not selfish. He loves his mother. The transformation is unbelievable. Okay, St. Colombert said that the longer you pray, expect the bigger answer to prayer because all she asked for was, con- was for him not to live a sinful life, mm-hmm. you know, to, to get married, but she sees him become a bishop all she asked for was that he not be a manichae a manichaeism guy mm-hmm. i don't know the name of someone who practiced manichaeism but she yes. wanted him to come to the faith and he not only comes to the faith he becomes a champion of the faith exactly. one of the you know the the one of the most influential um, catholics in history you know she wants these little things she prayed for but because she waited 17 years she gets far more than she ever expected. Mm. And that's what St. Colin Bear told us. You know, the longer you pray, the harder you pray, the more you sacrifice, the more you fast, the more you do, the harsher the treatment. That she was treated oh, badly. Sure. but That was just one little example. He was just not a nice guy and to his mother especially. And the more you do, expect a bigger reward. So if it's been it. years or you're on your deathbed and that, that sister, that that son, that daughter, whoever it is, and they're still wayward and they're selfish and they're caught up in drugs or whatever it is, don't lose heart, be like Monica, because when the Lord answers your prayer, he's gonna answer it um, more than what you asked That's the longer it. you wait. I just love that St. Colin Bear shared that with us.
1: You know, and it's just such a perfect example, Julie, of perseverance. Don't ever stop, it's never in vain no it's always heard
4: no God it's always
1: hears a prayer especially a prayer of mothers with broken hearts but yeah, yes
4: yes continue, and and continue. yes yes and even when jesus seems silent or or he's chastised you or something like the pharish woman who came to him and she's not an israelite and she wants him to cure her daughter and he's like you know no i came for the the children of israel remember Mm -hmm. that rebuke and then she goes well the the children you know he says you know and he actually calls her a dog i mean he's really off-putting to her and then she says well even the children even the dogs get the scraps i'll take the scraps and so she's persevering and he's just toying with her because he can't wait to give her what she wants and to show her faith he's just that's the way jesus is you know if you feel like he's like he's chastising you or making you wait or, or being silent, not hearing you. It's just because he can't wait to give you what you asked for and then some.
1: And what we learn about ourselves too in perseverance and continuing and praying and suffering right yes again as you said how great that reward will be julie it is i could talk to you all day about this uh <laughs> it's a wonderful story and your knowledge is just fantastic and we always pray to our saints especially to mothers saint monica what a beautiful saint and patronage we have in her julie thank you so much for your time today god bless you god bless you too thank you she taught me how to love. Whenever we have difficulty, Scott, it does. And we talk to each other and you talk to people after mass about this. They say, I don't know what to do. Will you pray for me? And we say, yes, absolutely. I will join you in prayer. I will pray for you. I will invoke the saints and their intercession, our blessed mother through her to our Lord. I will pray for you. And I want to do that. But it's always, and I guess maybe it's that lie that the devil likes to get in there, and say, "Prayer's not enough. Nobody's listening. This camp, this problem is too great for prayers to answer." Saint Monica believed in the power of prayer. She never stopped. It's God's time that I think that I have difficulty engaging and waiting and being patient and having the belief that praying is enough now we do have to do our part and act in many ways but praying that should always be the first step
2: one of the gifts of the holy spirit we receive in our confirmation is the gift of fortitude and fortitude gives the support to persevere and, and if there's anything about faith, it is the ability to, one, humble ourselves, to know that we are dependent, dependent upon the Lord, and two, being able to persevere. And as Mary exemplifies, and, and we just celebrated the holy name of Mary the other day, uh, just to, to be able to wait patiently, trusting the Lord will respond. And she taught the disciples that. She teaches us that. And I think St. Monica took that cue as a mother of a son who was a train wreck in St. Augustine to bring him back to center through perseverance of prayer. So when people come to me after Mass and they say, you know, I, I need your prayer, I try to make the mental note. I ask the first name of the person. Who's that person? And then I ask the Lord, help me remember that. And then throughout the day, I'll remember that name. Paul, Mary, Mary. Thomas I'll remember that name and I'll pray it. I'll pray for them. And it might just be in a blip of a moment between actions I'm doing. How valuable that is. It it goes to what you know the saints have said to, to pray always. We should be always in prayer. Well how do we do that? We do, we incorporate the simple intercession as a parent would do for their child. I love you. I'm here with you. I will intercede for you in prayer. So it's not complicated, right? But we tend to complicate it. And as you said, doubt comes in and you go, oh, my gosh, that can't really do anything. No, it can do tremendous things. Mm-hmm. I pray for people pumping gas because they'll come to mind and I'll come here pumping gas. And I'm thinking, no, no, I'll pray for them. And no, pray for them right now, Scott.
1: I like so to like. think of that as a little nudge from your guardian angel mm. that is reminding you. We Our guardian angels are in the same realm. All of them are. And when we have a friend who is in need, well, their guardian angel lets our other guardian angels know that. And that's, I think, why they come to mind. I love that I have my mom friends group. We are on a group speed dialed together, it feels like. And when one of us has a need, just recently one of in the group, she was looking for a new job. And she said, I'm going into a job interview tomorrow at 10, please pray for me. And you're right. I I make a little note in my phone, my little reminders, and then my phone alerts me. It's almost 10 o'clock and I can send her a quick text message. Just simple praying hands. It is prayer. It is asking for that intercession and it is comfort for the person who's receiving that to know that people are thinking about them, that they are praying for you. It's incredible comfort. I used to feel like, too, that every time I prayed, it was always asking for something, asking for myself. Lord, give me this. I need this. Please help me. I mean, think about when you were young and in school. I'm taking this test. God, help me do this. But as I've matured, I recognize I have those needs for myself. We have prayers that I pray for other people. And now when I go home, I love my Hail Mary media app because I plug in my phone to my car. The first thing I do when I get on my commute home is I pray that rosary. And so often I have a person in mind that I want to pray it for. And if I don't have a person in mind, well, I pray that rosary to Mary and I say, Mary, here's a rosary for somebody that you know who needs it. Such incredible comfort.
2: And I'm only chuckling because I can I know your practice is just beautiful that you pray that on the way home. But how many, how many trucks? You always say the white truck <laughs> that the driver is pulling across. I have a white truck.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so it I've could be you cutting me off on but, the road.
2: But you uh you pray your rosary even more intently. So I think it's one tremendous aspect of intercessory prayer is it brings solidarity to the person who's in need from the person who's praying for them brings unity in the community that is gathering around that and it reminds us we're not alone and the devil wants us to be alone Mm -hmm. to be isolated and what a simple way intercessory prayer brings us to a community of togetherness that we need to have and we will have in heaven in, in a beautiful complete way
1: well scott as we round out our show today will you end us in prayer
2: Lord, we bring to mind all those who we need to pray for. Give us excitement and enthusiasm to pray for them, knowing that the prayers that we make have tremendous gift and power to do the good work that you called us to do. So we pray this week for those who are in need, and we respond to those who ask us in prayer with an immediate yes, as you give that yes to your mother's ask at the wedding at Cana. So can we do the yes? with those we meet this week. We ask this all in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen.
1: And that is going to wrap it up for us this week. Please tune in next week as we share with you more stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. God bless and have a great
2: week.
0: You've been listening to View from the Pew, a weekly look at faith and family life from a Catholic perspective with Deacon Scott and Brenda Aiken. For more information on the Akins and to listen to an archive of their previous shows, visit them online at materdayradio.com slash pew. View from the Pew is produced at the studios of Mater Radio in Portland, Oregon.